Guideline Implementation, Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection by Terry Link Abstract The Spalding System recommends sterilization, or at minimum, high-level disinfection for semi-critical medical items, that is, items that come into contact with mucous membranes or non-intact skin. High-level disinfection deactivates all types of microorganisms except bacterial spores and prions. If high-level disinfection is not performed correctly, however, contaminated medical or surgical devices could transmit pathogens to patients. Reusable semi-critical items may be processed using manual methods when manual chemical high-level disinfection is the only processing method recommended by the manufacturer. The AORN, Guideline for Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection, provides guidance to healthcare personnel for performing effective manual chemical high-level disinfection and preventing injury associated with the use of high-level disinfectant chemicals. This article focuses on key points of the guideline that address preparation of items for high-level disinfection, use of high-level disinfectants, healthcare personnel safety, and documentation. Perioperative RNs should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Nearly 50 years ago, Earl H. Spalding, Ph.D., one of the leading authorities in the field of medical microbiology, developed a classification system to use as a guide in disinfection and sterilization of reusable medical items. The Spalding classification system is logical and easy to interpret and is still used today. The categories Spalding described are critical, that is, items that enter sterile tissue and must be sterilized, semi-critical, that is, items that contact mucous membranes or non-intact skin and require sterilization or, at minimum, high-level disinfection, and non-critical, that is, items that contact intact skin and require low-level disinfection. Sterilization eliminates all microbial life, with the exception of prions, including pathogenic microorganisms and bacterial spores. High-level disinfection deactivates all types of microorganisms, with the exception of bacterial spores and prions, and may not be effective against some viral pathogens. A correctly sterilized reusable semi-critical item is less likely to transmit pathogens that could lead to an infection or infectious outbreak than one processed by high-level disinfection. Thus, when a semi-critical item is validated by the manufacturer for processing by sterilization, it should be sterilized if possible. Some reusable semi-critical items cannot be sterilized, however. Such devices may contain heat-sensitive materials or have other properties that could be altered during the sterilization process. When a semi-critical reusable device cannot be sterilized but is manufacturer-validated for high-level disinfection using automated methods, that item should be mechanically processed. Mechanical high-level disinfection is more effective and efficient than manual processing and can be more easily monitored for quality and consistency. In addition, mechanical processing helps protect personnel from exposure to the disinfectant chemicals that can be harmful to human tissue. When a reusable semi-critical item cannot be mechanically processed, 
and manual chemical high-level disinfection is the only processing method recommended by the manufacturer, the item may be processed by manual chemical high-level disinfection. Personnel must perform manual chemical high-level disinfection correctly to help prevent transmission of pathogens via contaminated medical or surgical devices. In addition, personnel should adhere to safety precautions when performing manual chemical high-level disinfection to avoid exposure to hazardous chemical and biological substances. The AORN, Guideline for Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection, was updated in January of 2018. AORN guideline documents provide guidance based on an evaluation of the strength and quality of the available evidence for a specific subject. The guidelines apply to inpatient and ambulatory settings and are adaptable to all areas where operative and other invasive procedures may be performed. Topics addressed in the Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection Guideline include selection of high-level disinfectants, HDLs, by an interdisciplinary team, locations of use and storage of HDLs in a healthcare organization, preparation of reusable semi-critical items to be processed by high-level disinfection, preparation and use of HDLs, providing a safe environment for personnel who handle HDLs, education and competency verification related to high-level disinfection, and maintenance of manual high-level disinfection records to meet regulatory requirements. This article elaborates on key takeaways from the guideline document. However, perioperative RN should review the complete guideline for additional information and for guidance when writing and updating policies and procedures. Key takeaways from AORN's Guideline for Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection include the following. Personnel should prepare reusable semi-critical items to be processed by high-level disinfection according to the device manufacturer's instructions for use, IFU. Personnel must prepare and use HDLs in accordance with the disinfectant and device manufacturer's IFU. The healthcare organization must provide a safe environment for personnel who handle or use HDLs. The healthcare organization should maintain records of manual chemical high-level disinfection processes. The following scenario highlights the key takeaways and other aspects of the AORN guideline. Each takeaway is discussed in more detail after the scenario. Scenario the nurse manager of the inpatient ORs in a large acute care hospital is approached by a member of the cardiovascular team who has concerns to the transesophageal echocardiography, TEE, ultrasound probes are not being reprocessed appropriately after use. In this facility, it is the responsibility of the anesthesia technicians to set up the TEE probes preoperatively for the anesthesia professionals who use these devices. The technicians are also responsible for cleaning and reprocessing the TEE probes between procedures. The cardiovascular team members have observed anesthesia technicians entering the OR during a procedure to retrieve and reprocess the TEE for a surgical procedure in another room. One cardiovascular nurse saw an anesthesia technician cleaning the TEE probe in a hand-washing sink in the clean anesthesia workroom. The perioperative nurse manager contacts the infection preventionist assigned to perioperative services 
and ask if she will assist in evaluating the current procedures for reprocessing the TEE probes. The infection preventionist spends a day observing the process and then schedules a meeting with an interdisciplinary team of stakeholders to discuss the high-level disinfection practices for TEE probes. The stakeholders include a service line specialist, an anesthesia technician, an anesthesiologist, a cardiac surgeon, and the nurse managers of the OR, the sterile processing department, SPD, and the cardiac catheterization laboratory. At the meeting, the infection preventionist reports that the facility has a standardized infection ratio, SIR, of 1.8 for all cardiac procedures. The SIR is a risk-adjusted summary measure calculated by comparing the observed number of infections with the predicted number of infections based on National Healthcare Safety Network composite data. The benchmark for SIR is 1.0. She then shares her observations of the TEE processing, including that the anesthesia technicians are cleaning the TEE probes in a hand-washing sink in the anesthesia clean workroom and then are transporting them to the decontamination room in the OR in a towel for high-level disinfection. All other instruments are now reprocessed in the SPD with the exception of the TEE probes. However, the decontamination room contains an elevator that is used to transport dirty case carts to the SPD. The door is typically propped open for ease in moving case carts to the transport elevator. Personnel who access this room have complained of headaches and eye irritation, and there is a noxious odor in the room and in the corridor outside the room. The technicians use a log to record the parameters of temperature, time, and HLD lot number for each item being processed by high-level disinfection. But some of these entries are incomplete. The technicians use a timer to ensure the probe is submerged for the contact time recommended by the TEE probe manufacturer, but they do not consistently check the temperature of the HLD solution. In addition, the infection preventionist discovered that the test strips the technicians were using to verify adequate concentration of the HLD solution were past their expiration date. The infection preventionist asserts that she would like to move all high-level disinfection to the SPD because the SPD has standardized protocols and the SPD technicians are well-trained in manual and automated chemical high-level disinfection. She asked the anesthesia technician why the technicians do not send the TEE probes to the SPD for reprocessing, and he replies, It takes too long for the SPD to reprocess and return the probes to the OR before they are needed. He explains that more than one cardiac procedure is generally being performed at the same time, and there are multiple cases throughout the day. The department has two TEE probes, and they are often needed in two ORs at nearly the same time. This requires the anesthesia technicians to retrieve the TEE probe immediately after use on a patient in the OR for cleaning and reprocessing for the next procedure. The infection preventionist then asks about the capabilities of the SPD to process these probes. The SPD nurse manager says it would require 60 minutes from the time the probe arrives in the SPD until it can be set up and ready for the next procedure. After initial discussion, the interdisciplinary team determines that two more probes would be needed to meet the requirements that a probe be available for each patient throughout the procedure. The SPD also would need more personnel to transport the TEE probes, 
from the OR and catheterization laboratory to the SPD. The infection preventionist asked the nurse managers of the SPD, cardiac catheterization laboratory, and OR to research automated reprocessors and TEE probes available for purchase that are compatible with the existing TEE probes and the feasibility of transporting the TEE probes to the SPD for reprocessing. Next, the team focuses on how they can improve the process until a final decision about the new high-level disinfection processes can be made and appropriate resources put in place. Working with an educator and the nurse managers in each department, the infection preventionist will provide education and competency verification activities for the anesthesia technicians consistent with the facility's standardized policies and procedures. The nurse managers of the OR and catheterization laboratory will replace the expired test strips and purchase containers for transport of the TEE probe to the decontamination room in the OR. The infection preventionist will verify with facilities management personnel that the decontamination room has 10 air exchanges per hour and recommend monitoring the decontamination room for hazardous levels of HLD vapors. Pending results from HLD monitoring, local exhaust ventilation installation may be needed. High-level disinfection will be performed three feet away from the sink used for cleaning the TEE probes and a barrier will be placed to separate the decontamination area from the HLD solution. The infection preventionist will instruct the technicians to keep the door closed and to place signage on the door to indicate that high-level disinfection occurs in this room. She will re-emphasize the importance of wearing personal protective equipment, including eye protection and masks when entering this room, and a protective gown and chemical-resistant gloves if handling the HLD. Finally, the infection preventionist requests that a sterile probe cover be used during surgical procedures. Even though the TEE probe is passed through the esophagus and is not directly exposed to a sterile cavity, there can be trauma to the tissue that causes some minor bleeding and non-intact mucosa, so the probe may come in contact with sterile sites. She notes that sterile probe covers are available in the facility and are recommended for use by the probe manufacturer and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. A probe cover will also help prevent the probe from becoming grossly contaminated and more difficult to clean. The interdisciplinary team schedules a meeting for one month later to review compliance with the processes established for manual chemical high-level disinfection. Team members will also provide an update on the process for transporting of TEE probes to the SPD for reprocessing and the possibility of moving to automated reprocessing. Key Takeaway Discussion The key takeaways from the AORN, Guideline for Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection, address preparing semi-critical items for high-level disinfection, using HGLs in accordance with the disinfectant and device manufacturer's IFU, maintaining a safe environment of care for personnel who handle and use chemical HGLs, and documenting high-level disinfection processes. These takeaways do not cover the entire guideline. Rather, they help the reader focus on important or new information that should be implemented into perioperative practice. Preparation of semi-critical items. In the scenario, the 
the anesthesia technicians were not correctly cleaning and transporting the TEE probes before processing. Items for which the device manufacturer recommends pre-cleaning should be pre-cleaned at the point of use. Moistening and removing organic soils at the point of use helps reduce the formation of biofilm that could prevent effective high-level disinfection. After pre-cleaning, the items must be transported to the decontamination area in a closed container to prevent exposure of personnel to blood, body fluids, or other infectious organisms. The items should be kept damp, and the container must be leak-proof, puncture-resistant, large enough to contain the contents, and labeled with a biohazard label. Soiled instruments should not be cleaned in a hand-washing sink because the instrument could contaminate the sink and faucet and subsequently infect the hands of personnel. Personnel should adhere to the item manufacturer's IFU for cleaning, rinsing, and drying the item before high-level disinfection and then inspect the item to make sure there is no residual soil that could prevent effective high-level disinfection. Soiled items should be re-cleaned, and any defective or damaged items should be removed from service. High-level disinfection should not be performed in areas near potential sources of contamination. A barrier should separate the area where cleaning occurs from the area where high-level disinfection is occurring. Use of HDLs Each HDL has unique requirements, and if the manufacturer's IFU are not followed, it may affect the disinfection process and the performance of the device. Personnel should verify the compatibility of the HLD with the item to be processed and use a test strip or other U.S. Food and Drug Administration cleared testing device specific to the disinfectant to ensure that the activated HLD is in the concentration recommended by the HLD manufacturer. Personnel should store test strips in accordance with the manufacturer's IFU and should test them for efficacy because the test strips may degrade over time and not provide accurate results. If the test strip indicates the concentration of the active ingredient is insufficient or the HDL solution has precipitates or appears cloudy on inspection, personnel should discard the solution. Personnel should verify the temperature of the activated HLD before use to ensure that the solution is at the temperature recommended by the HLD manufacturer. Safe Environment of Care High-level disinfection should be performed in an area controlled and maintained to support HLD processes. In this scenario, the room the technicians used for high-level disinfection was a decontamination room that other team members accessed to transport carts to the SPD. Keeping the doors closed and posting signs warning of HLDs in use can help prevent unauthorized personnel from entering the area and potentially exposing themselves to chemical vapors. Health hazards associated with HLDs range from minor irritation of mucous membranes to chemical burns and may also include headaches, ocular irritation, nasal membrane irritation, contact dermatitis, occupational asthma, and allergic reactions. Healthcare organizations have a responsibility to minimize healthcare workers' exposure to chemical vapors. An interdisciplinary team in the healthcare organization should select U.S. Food and Drug Administration cleared HLDs based on an evaluation of the potential health hazards associated with the disinfectant chemicals and the compatibility of the HLDs and the HLD manufacturer's IFU with existing processes, 
products, and equipment used for high-level disinfection in the facility. The healthcare facility should maintain 10 air exchanges per hour in rooms where manual chemical high-level disinfection occurs and should monitor exposure levels in areas where there is potential for hazardous amounts of chemical vapors to be dispersed into the air. After initial use of the HLD, whenever there is a significant change in protocol, work practices, or caseload, after major heating, ventilation, or air conditioning equipment repairs or disruptions, and when personnel have concerns about or symptoms of overexposure. Personnel should wear personal protective equipment during manual high-level disinfection and dispose of HLD solution in accordance with federal, state, and local regulations and the disinfectant manufacturer's IFU. Education facilitates the development of knowledge, skills, and attitudes about safe practices. In collaboration with an educator and nurse managers, the infection preventionist provided education and competency evaluation on the steps for reprocessing TEE probes. Education for processing personnel should include pre-cleaning at the point of use, transporting the probes, preparing the items for high-level disinfection according to the item manufacturer's IFU, performing manual chemical high-level disinfection according to the device, and HLD manufacturer's IFU, following safety precautions, including knowing the hazards related to HLD chemicals and wearing personal protective equipment, and accurately documenting the process. Documentation The anesthesia technicians were not consistently documenting information about the disinfection process. The healthcare organization should maintain records of manual chemical high-level disinfection processes to help ensure that parameters for correct high-level disinfection have been met, enable retrieval of HDL solutions in the event of a recall, and establish traceability and accountability. A log for documenting manual chemical high-level disinfection should include the following. Date and time of high-level disinfection. HLD solution lot number, HLD solution shelf life date, the results of solution test strip testing, HLD solution temperature, HLD exposure time, unique device identification number, identity of the person performing high-level disinfection, identity of the patient on whom the device was used, and identity of the physician and procedure in which the device was used. Conclusion the Joint Commission has noted that processes for high-level disinfection equipment and devices are frequently found to be inadequate, especially in decentralized areas. Most surgical instruments are now being reprocessed in the SPD, including cleaning, decontamination, and sterilization or automated high-level disinfection. But for various reasons, manual chemical high-level disinfection may still occur in some ORs. In this scenario, the infection preventionist evaluated the high-level disinfection process used by anesthesia technicians and found numerous practices that could result in suboptimal disinfection and potentially cause harm to patients or personnel. In the SPD, the high-level disinfection process can be standardized and performed by personnel who have the resources to correctly perform high-level disinfection, whereas in the OR, there are competing responsibilities in many cases. As in the scenario, 
process improvement initiatives are not always easy to accomplish and may require transitional phases. For example, from manual chemical high-level disinfection to the use of automated reprocessors and eventually, as technology changes, to sterilization. Personnel can refer to the Guideline for Manual Chemical High-Level Disinfection for assistance in implementing safe processes for manual chemical high-level disinfection to help protect patients and personnel.